You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Survivor Series Instant Reaction Edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast. I have just finished watching Survivor Series like I'm sure most of you have. And let me start with the end, and that is Brock Lesnar defeating Daniel Bryan. It took forever to get to where they were going to eventually go because as Brock is destroying Daniel Bryan, you know, throwing him around the ring, beating the crap out of him, has him beat, pulls his shoulders up, I thought, well, this is what they were going to do at SummerSlam a few years ago when Daniel Bryan won the championship at WrestleMania 30. I think that's what we all figured they would do, and instead Brock ended up doing it to John Cena. As I'm watching it, where my interest is, okay, where are they going with this? First of all, this match shouldn't have happened at Survivor Series. Let's address the obvious. The fact that Daniel Bryan won the title randomly on a SmackDown from a guy in AJ Styles who had held the title for over a year, was at the 371-day mark, and they decided almost at the last second, hey, gee, you know what we should do? We should take the belt off AJ Styles, give it to Daniel Bryan, even though if you're going to give the belt to Daniel Bryan, it probably should be this big dramatic moment considering the guy came back from retirement and, like, a bad neck. And so they throw together a match that I I remember... Looking at WrestleMania 31, when Brian returned initially from his neck injury, thinking, oh, this would be the dream match. Remember, that's Brock's dominant run. He beats Cena at SummerSlam. Brian comes back. He's in the Royal Rumble. It would have been perfect. And they even teased us with it when Daniel Bryan fought Roman Reigns at the first Fastlane. But really, it was all just to get Roman Reigns over. But that was the dream match. So this match... As intrigued as I was and as I think as intrigued as everybody else was to finally see it should have been at a much grander stage with certainly more buildup than literally no buildup. There was no buildup for this match. And I think before we get to how they booked it and how the result went and and Daniel Bryan trying to get over as a heel and the, the weirdness of this match as a whole... The starting point is the obvious. This match is a mega match. This is a main event of WrestleMania match. And there was nothing they could do at Survivor Series that was going to save the fact that they ruined the whole thing by giving it no build. Now, I don't know what the real reason was. You know, I don't know if it's, well, they decided they didn't want AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar or, remember, Brock had just gotten the title because of the unfortunate stuff with Roman Reigns, so they changed their mind. The bottom line is, and this is a theme as we talk about this entire pay-per-view match one through seven, 
why does Survivor Series now need to be an exhibition between Raw and SmackDown? There's no reason for it, especially when it's not organic. So if the reason they booked Daniel Bryan versus Brock Lesnar is because they needed Raw versus SmackDown, they needed WWE title versus Universal title, I reject that entire notion. As far as the way this match went, it was it was odd to begin with because of the fact that they're trying to get Daniel Bryan over as a heel, and we don't know what he's like as a heel because he literally just turned heel. He turned heel at the last SmackDown before this pay-per-view. So other than as he's trying to be interviewed, he doesn't say anything. We don't know what Daniel Bryan the heel is. And I thought it was so awkward how... They announce him first. He comes out with his theme music. The crowd has no idea how to react. They they basically didn't give him much of a reaction at all, but it was like polite cheers at the beginning. And then he starts to do his yes chant. Then he stops doing his yes chant. Now I'm thinking, is he going to do the no, no, no thing from a few years ago? He doesn't do that. He's got this weird look on his face like he's got to go to the bathroom. It's just a weird Daniel Bryan. And I'll tell you, as a fan watching at home, I didn't know how to react. Now Brock comes out. We know his deal. He's a beast. He's a monster. And I, I honestly didn't even know what to root for because a, a part of me now thinks that, hey, you can have someone beat Brock Lesnar. Brock's been beaten a couple of times. They ruined the whole thing when they gave him this incredible build by beating The Undertaker at WrestleMania, by destroying John Cena. If you look at the way the last few years have been handled, it, it's you don't have to protect him anymore, you know? I wouldn't have said that two, three years ago. But now, if he loses a title versus title match, like if they went with AJ Styles against Brock Lesnar, I would have been screaming and yelling, AJ's got to get the win. He's got to get his win back. And I don't think Brock Lesnar losing is that big of a deal. But as I'm watching this match, as a fan, I was confused on how to think. So Brian's taunting him at the beginning, which I guess is his way of being a heel. He... He knows something. Well, what the hell does he know? No one's coming out to help him. The idea of Paul Heyman turning, which I think had been floated around, that was never going to happen in this situation. Plus, a Paul Heyman-Daniel Bryan alliance doesn't even make that much sense. So Brock's beating the crap out of him, and that was the moment, and I even tweeted it, okay, where is this ass-whooping going? And basically where it went was to show you what heel Daniel Bryan is. Heel Daniel Bryan is going to kick you in the groin over and over again, which is basically what Nakamura's been doing since WrestleMania. I'm going to kick you in the balls, okay? I think I can say that. It's a podcast. I can kind of say anything. That's what he's going to do constantly. Now, here's the problem, all right? In 2018, I don't believe that kicking somebody in the balls makes you a heel, okay? See, I think in 2018, in pro wrestling, there are so many people that want this to be the Attitude Era, Right, Those who are in attendance, a lot of them, want this to be the Attitude Era, even though it's a PG Era. Right, So because of that, heel tendencies get cheered. Right, There's a reason why Becky Lynch is so over with the crowd. There was a reason, and we'll get to it in a little bit, why Charlotte Flair was finally cheered by the crowd. Because she acted crazy and heel-like, which the fans want to cheer. So when Daniel Bryan starts constantly kicking Brock Lesnar in the balls, the crowd loved it. So Bryan almost became a face again, a different kind of face, a badass face. 
a guy who's trying to sell to the people watching, look, look at me, look at Brock. There's no real way I can beat this guy in a fight, so I got to do underhanded things, which I don't necessarily think makes you a heel in 2018. So what is Daniel Bryan? Now, when they get back to your regularly scheduled program and he's facing off against AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan's going to be the heel. Because even before Daniel turned, the crowd was already favoring AJ Styles. AJ is so over. Holding the title for a year, uh, just a great wrestler, likable personality, doesn't try too hard to be liked by the fans. He's the number one guy. So when we get back to the regularly scheduled program, Daniel Bryan will basically be Nakamura 2.0 because he's kicking everybody in the balls. But as the match was going, I started thinking, okay, I do want to see Daniel Bryan win for the reasons I mentioned earlier about Brock losing not being a big deal. But then I started thinking, do I really want to see Daniel Bryan beat Brock Lesnar? And I think as it was going on, even with the dramatic moments of Daniel kneeing him a couple of times, the first time you knew Brock was breaking out of it, the second time I said, oh, maybe. Then when he gets him in the yes lock, and that was after Lesnar's knee gave out, Brock's about to put him in the F5, his knee goes out, and Brock's faking as if he's going to tap out. There was no way they were going to have Brock Lesnar tap out. If there was any way Daniel Bryan was winning this match, it would have been knee to the face, Brock was confused, Daniel Bryan wins. Then the triangle chokehold into the F5, and once he gets him up, Okay, so they got their point accomplished. Daniel Bryan is this guy who's going to do whatever it takes to win his matches, and he really pushed Brock Lesnar to extreme. That's what they gave you. He pushed Brock Lesnar to his breaking point. And, you know, what that means moving forward? I mean, I don't know. I don't think it means anything between them. I mean, this is probably going to be the last and only time we ever see Brock Lesnar and Daniel Bryan. And I think that's unfortunate because I think this match would have been great on a grander stage and with build. And that's on. And, and this has happened a lot. And it happened even with the Ronda Rousey Charlotte Flair match where it was received no build. And we know there was an injury that kind of led to it. But this has happened a lot throughout WWE history. And you know the one that jumps out at me when you talk about a great match, a great opportunity that was wasted? I think of Batista John Cena. And I think of Batista John Cena at SummerSlam, the one where Mike Adamley just all of a sudden randomly said, Batista's going to face John Cena. And it was so stupid because those two guys were separated for so long. They were clearly the top two guys in the business. And whenever they wanted to pull the trigger on it, they could have made that a mega match at WrestleMania, and they didn't. They decided at a random moment, Mike Adamley was going to say, hey, they're going to fight at SummerSlam. And they had a good match. Batista beat him clean. I think it main evented uh, that SummerSlam, if I'm not mistaken. And then they did fight a few years later at WrestleMania, but it wasn't the same. And I remember that being such a wasted opportunity. This was a wasted opportunity. And the same thing with Charlotte Ronda Rousey. That match was really good. It was. It was a really, really good match. And as I'm watching it, I'm thinking, you know what? I'm not the biggest fan of Charlotte, but she's a good wrestler. And I think when she's in the ring with Ronda Rousey, you take her serious. I think the fact that Ronda was busted open early was a good thing. I think whenever there's color, as they like to say, or blood in a wrestling match, it adds to it. But there was no good way to have this match end. Because 
Ronda Rousey winning. If you have Ronda Rousey win, you could you could go that way and just have her to continue to dominate. But I think it lessens if you ever have Charlotte Ronda Rousey on a bigger, bigger stage. And you can't have Ronda Rousey lose. I, mean, I, I am against Ronda Rousey losing until WrestleMania. And it's got to be against the right person. And the right person looks like it's going to be Becky Lynch. But... Remember, if it was up to the WWE writers, we were going to get that in, here. We were going to get this at Survivor Series. And you know what sucks? This is Survivor Series, right? This is one of the big four. There's a reason why Taz is doing a special on WFN. It's one of the big four. It's got history to it, right? It's become the worst of the four pay-per-views. It has. I'm literally bitching about wasting great matches at Survivor Series, as if Survivor Series is in your house, beware of dog. But that's what they've done to it. They've done that to Survivor Series because it's just one big giant Raw versus SmackDown exhibition like anybody gives a rat's ass about Raw winning or SmackDown winning. I thought the way they booked the ending of Rousey Charlotte was probably the best option that they had. First of all, like I said about Daniel Bryan, if you're a badass, if you cheat, if you hit someone with a kendo stick, if you kick somebody in the balls, you are over in 2018. People like that. So people started chanting for Charlotte. If Vince McMahon is surprised that people started chanting for Charlotte, then he really has no idea what's going on. It's obvious. When the crowd's chanting, thank you, Charlotte, as she's beating the daylights out of Ronda. I think the big question out of this is, where are we going with Ronda Rousey? Are we keeping her strong, keeping her champion until WrestleMania where she'll fight Becky or where she'll fight Charlotte? Because I, I think they have to all go their separate ways now, right? I mean, they're all on different shows. We know that Nia Jax has a match coming up. And I think that Rousey's got to beat Nia Jax. And so, really, it comes down to this. Is it Ronda Charlotte or is it Ronda Becky? Because she has open business with both of them. And I guess you could sell a triple threat at WrestleMania, right? You could go that route as well, where you go Rousey, Charlotte, Becky. I'm always thinking about WrestleMania. If you've heard me talk wrestling on the Evan Roberts podcast, I'm always thinking about where they're going for WrestleMania. And I know we'll get into this as time rolls on. As we sit here at this moment right now, I am not ready for the women's championship match to be the main event of WrestleMania. And I'm glad that the main event of this show was Daniel Bryan, Brock Lesnar, and not Ronda Rousey against Charlotte. And considering how they booked the ending of both matches, they made the right decision. See, I'm, I'm giving the writing team some credit. Now, as far as the rest of the show is concerned... Here is another piece of credit I'm going to give the writing team, all right? One of the things I normally hate about Raw versus SmackDown is that you assume it's going to end up 3-3 or 4-4, and then it all comes down to one match. They didn't do that tonight. I mean, literally Raw won every single match. It was a clean sweep. They won 6 nothing. Is there a storyline out of that? I don't know. I hope not because I don't care. But that did, you know, kind of keep you off guard a little bit because you're expecting, oh, Raw won. Now SmackDown's going to win. Now, 
if you look at these individual matches, would have I booked different results? Probably, specifically with Nakamura, Seth Rollins. That one jumps out at me the most because I don't think Seth Rollins needs to win. I mean, remember, these matches aren't for the title, right? It's just U.S. title versus IC title, WWE versus Universal. You're not making anybody a new champion. And by tomorrow, we all move on. So it comes down to, well, who needs to win more? Nakamura, despite being the U.S. champion, has been booked terribly. Seth Rollins has been booked very well. Seth Rollins is very over with the crowd. I was surprised a Seth Rollins won, and I thought that match started off slowly and then had, you know, had a lot of close finishes, a lot of, you know, quick counts. Not quick counts, but, you know, one, two, oh, he breaks out of it, you know, that kind of stuff. The old Vince McMahon, one, two, three. No, 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 he got out. It was good. It took a while to kind of get into it, but eventually they gave you a long match. I don't know how many minutes it turned out to be. It felt like a long match. There was a lot of close calls. It turned out to be a really good match. I just thought Nakamura needed the victory more, and that was the other thing I would do differently. If you're going to have one show beat the other show, you got to have SmackDown beat Raw because there's already this feeling for the last decade and a half that SmackDown's the B show. So you don't want to have the B show lose to the A show six times in a row. If it's the other way around, I don't know. I think that's the better route. Because if you look at some of these matches, if you look at some of the outcomes, you could definitely go the other way. The only match I thought where, and forget Charlotte Rousey because there was no clean winner, even though technically Ronda won. The only match where you looked at the combatants and said, yeah, it's probably Raw, was the big you know, five-on-five five, Raw versus SmackDown match, just basically the names of who versus who. But even that one surprised me a little bit because, first of all, I figured McIntyre and Strowman would eliminate each other. I figured that they would turn on each other. They were showing heat throughout the entire match. They've had heat over the last few weeks. That That's the easy way to eliminate the two guys that you don't want to have lose, right? And they never did that. And I also thought, especially when it was Strowman, Lashley, McIntyre against Shane and Miz, I thought, get Shane out and have Miz be put over in a big way where you could have McIntyre, McIntyre, Strowman eliminate each other and then Miz come from behind and pin Lashley and, you know, the Miz is this superhero who was down three versus one and came back and won. And they didn't do that at all. They actually just made it a squash. <laughs> That's what they did. They had Miz eliminated by Strowman, and then they had Shane eliminated. And Shane is such a waste of time. And what the hell was the point of him winning that that stupid best-in-the-world tournament? When he did that, wasn't the assumption, oh, I, I guess he's becoming a heel and something's going to happen. Nothing's happening. What the hell's happening with that? And if anything does happen with that, who cares? I am so sick of seeing Shane McMahon wrestle. It doesn't do anything for me. He does the same stupid move over and over again. He does the same move he used against Vince at WrestleMania 17. Okay, we get it. We've seen it a million times. And the thing that really pissed people off in this match was McIntyre eliminating Joe as quickly as he did. Uh, you know, I'm telling you right now, I'm going to give you a little warning because we're not there yet as far as crowd reaction, and Monzo will hate me for saying this. They are making Drew McIntyre look too strong. It's getting into Roman Reigns territory. It's getting into make Roman look strong territory. 
I think it's going to get there with McIntyre, and I think it's going to piss a lot of people off. The good thing right now is that he's a heel. But I don't know if that's going to last. I, I, I could really see, as we sit here today, I could see McIntyre going against Lesnar at WrestleMania for the Universal and McIntyre being a face. And I'm telling you, if they do that and they continue booking him the way they've been booking him, the crowd is going to piss all over him. You mark my words. Mark my words. All right, quickly on some of these other matches. Uh, the first match of the night with the women, you know, you had, uh, wasn't it Nia Jax cost Sasha Banks? And then Nia Jax was the sole survivor. She beat Asuka. Nia was getting incredible heat in this match where every time she was did anything, the crowd was all over her, which shows you how over Becky Lynch is. She is probably, at this point, the most over-woman wrestler I think I've ever seen. That's a credit to her. It really is. It's a credit to her, and she plays the character well, and she goes with it on Twitter. You know, she's tweeting, you know, what was the tweet? Hold on, let me find it, because it was actually pretty funny. I usually don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. Uh, unrelated to anything, but in Ireland, the slang word for toilet is jacks. That's kind of funny. <laughs> it's kind of funny. So clearly we know where, where that's going. But it was it was an okay match. It was fine. You know, it was your typical Survivor Series elimination match. I mentioned the Rollins-Nakamura match. I would have had Nakamura win. Slow start, ended fine, had a lot of close finishes. Uh, the authors of Payne versus the Bar match. The, the biggest critique is, do we really need to see Drake pee himself? I mean, how many... If you think about kick two balls and peeing oneself, how many of similar jokes do we need to have in one night? All right, I get it. I understand. So that was just... It was unnecessary. It was very unnecessary. I like the Authors of Pain. You know what I like about the Authors of Pain? They, A, have a manager. Not the big show, but like a manager. And, B, they have a name. All right? And I give the bar credit because they gave themselves a name. I don't really like their name in particular, but they do have a name too. And I like that. And I think we've moved more back into tag teams having names. The Buddy Murphy-Mustafa Ali match. Can I be honest with you? Here's what I cared about with this match. And it was all over Twitter if you haven't seen it. The fact that Enzo Amore showed up and tried to basically hijack the show. Now, if you don't know, if you don't remember Enzo, he was that little turd who had no wrestling ability, but was very entertaining on the mic. He tried to be the road dog. That's what they reminded me of, him and Big Cass. He was the road dog. I'm going to get everybody to repeat what I'm saying. How you doing? But he had no wrestling ability, and they got very old very fast. And, of course, he got fired because he was accused of terrible things. Wasn't he accused of, I think, rape? Real bad stuff. So he's not with the company anymore, and he's there. He shows up in the stands and he starts standing on his chair and holding a fake belt. It's it's all over Twitter. I retweeted one of the, the videos that's out there. But this guy's trying to crash the show. <laughs> oh, man. But, I, I you know, I don't know. I, Buddy Murphy, Mustafa Ali, I don't know. I, do people care about that show? You know, I hear a lot about NXT and people saying you're an idiot for not watching NXT and I'm... Sure, there's people listening right now saying, hey, you're going to get into NXT? You're going to talk about NXT? I just don't I don't watch NXT. And I don't have a good reason other than I just don't want to. Okay? I don't have that much time. I have a lot of time. I watch The Affair. I watch a ton of sports, obviously. The Brooklyn Nets, the Knicks, all that crap. Football all day. I don't know. NXT just adding that on is just too much. But 
I hear so much about NXT. I never hear anything about the uh, the Cruiserweights. Does anybody care about the Cruiserweights? Does anybody watch them on the network? I mean, they give them matches at pay-per-views. And this was on the real show, too. Because if you're on the pre-show, you don't count. And I agree with Michael Cole. When Michael Cole said to, what's his name? Uh, hey, that pre-show Raw lost to SmackDown. That doesn't count. That was the pre-show. He's 100% right. It's a three-and-a-half-hour show as it is. That's not going to count. Overall, my biggest problem with the show was something I was going to say even before I watched it, and that was this pay-per-view Survivor Series, which, like I mentioned, is one of the big four, needs the proper build. And if you don't get the proper build, then what the hell was it? Nothing from tonight sticks. Brock Lesnar is going to go away now, probably, for God knows how long. Who knows how they're going to handle that on Raw. Daniel Bryan's a heel, sure, and this was the first time we saw him wrestle as a heel, but he turned heel on SmackDown, and he's going to go back to dealing with AJ Styles, who is not even on this show, besides a network special that aired right after Survivor Series. I think even the Ronda Rousey-Charlotte thing go their separate ways. What the WWE needs to do to save Survivor Series because they've killed it the last few years. They really have. They, even the whole Sting debut back in, what was that, 2014? Hey, really? Was it that good? That was the only thing good about the event. And, and there was no staying power from that either because the, the, the uh, what's it called, the people in power, the authority, sorry, the authority came back to power five minutes later. So did it even matter? They've got to scrap Raw versus SmackDown. It's got to go away. Because if you have WWF and WCW, if those were your two brands, and I'm not saying you can go do that now, I know it's too late. It's been how many years since WCW went out of business, and you can't call anything WWF because the World Wildlife Fund will get all pissed off. I get all that. I'm just trying to make a point. Stick with me here. If it was WWF versus WCW, then I think people would care about these interbrand rivalries, even if it's fake, even if it's under the umbrella of WWE. Nobody cares about Raw versus SmackDown. I'm not a Raw fan or a SmackDown fan. I'm a WWE fan. And meanwhile, the rosters were all contrived a few years ago, and we've had so many guys jump from one roster to another. So there's no... You don't care when something isn't real. You know what I mean? You only care about things like blank versus blank if you're a fan of blank and you don't like blank. So they've done this for years. The first brand extension, they did it a lot. They've done it probably more here during this more modern brand extension. But they've got to realize we don't care. I don't hate the brand extension, okay? I thought there was a time to move on from it, the first installment of it, because things just got so muddy, there was no point of having the two brands. But I understand why they have it, and I, and I do like it. It gives guys more time to wrestle. You separate the shows. You have two champions, which I'm actually okay with. I think it hurts the Royal Rumble winner, but that's a different story. We'll save that for a few more months. But you can't have the brands matter if they're going to have this yearly event where they wrestle each other, especially when one brand beats the other brand 6 nothing, 
They got to stop that. And until then, Survivor Series becomes a very irrelevant pay-per-view. You know, the Australian pay-per-view, the Saudi Arabian pay-per-view, maybe even TLC next month. They all matter more. They all matter more than Survivor Series. And that's unfortunate because as I record this podcast right now, I'm wearing an old school Survivor Series t-shirt. I like the history of Survivor Series. And you know what they've also done? And I understand why. They believe that we don't care about something unless there's something on the line. So they figure we can't just have a traditional Survivor Series match and have people care. We need to have bragging rights on the line. You know what? What they used to do in the late 80s and early 90s with the Survivor Series matches is it was all part of the storylines, right? So you'd have rivals against rivals, and they would just team up, and they'd give each team a cool nickname like the Hulkamaniacs or the Million Dollar Team. That's all you got to do. If you work in good storylines and say, all right, we're going to have... I'm not saying the whole card should be Survivor Series matches. I thought it was too much back in the day. I think you do need a title match or two. But if you just have it as part of the storylines, you could just have Survivor Series matches without saying it's Raw, Blove versus SmackDown. You don't have to do that. A couple of other random thoughts. The Ronda Rousey-Charlotte aftermath took forever. I mean, can we move this thing along? We get it. Ronda got bloodied. She got beat up by with a kendo stick. Uh, the crowd loves it. The crowd now hates Ronda Rousey. Look, get her out of the ring, get her in the locker room, let's go. It almost felt like they needed to drag it out more or else the pay-per-view was going to end too quickly because of the Brian-Lesnar match was the only thing left. Let's, let's move this thing along. As far as where we go from here, the biggest problem with Brock Lesnar being champion is he's not going to be around. So what's the end game for Brock Lesnar? And like I said earlier, I start, I'm starting to think the end game for Brock Lesnar is that it's going to be there to put Drew McIntyre over. What's the end game for Daniel Bryan? Call me crazy. Are we going to get Daniel Bryan versus The Miz at WrestleMania except Daniel Bryan's the heel and Miz is the face? Is that possible? Thinking about that. Uh, I don't know where they go now with heel Daniel Bryan. Is he going to hold the championship until WrestleMania? And if so, who's he dropping the title to? So, not knowing can sometimes be a good thing. But the problem is, it's not just me not knowing. I don't think they know what the hell they're going to do. And if they don't know what the hell they're going to do, then the story's probably not going to be all that good. Anyhow, I hope you enjoyed the instant reaction addition to the Survivor Series pay-per-view. We do this after every pay-per-view, along with other random Evan Roberts podcasts, usually screaming and yelling about the Nets, talking Yankees or Mets offseason or reacting to sports news because I'm not going to get on the air for a day or two or something like that. So thank you for listening to this edition of the Evan Roberts podcast. And you can download some of our past editions wherever you download podcasts. We did a Met offseason preview and a Yankee offseason preview with some special guests. It was roundtable discussions. So hopefully you take a listen to that. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>